And shalom, everybody out there in Dreamland. This is Rumors of Instinct 1987. Thank you all very, very much for tuning in once again to this podcast. Uh, wherever you're finding it on whatever platform, I thank you all very, very much. Sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, uh, anyone in the audience out there, new uh, listeners, please consider subscribing and following this channel and checking out the portfolio of past videos. It is my honor and pleasure today to be speaking about a topic of great importance, the mystery, the magic of water, with my very special guest, very, very good friend, Esther Joy. Esther, would you introduce yourself again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited, I'm gonna have to wet to talk about water, but <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, yeah. Um well yeah, I'm 
Well, very, because very you've been thankful, a guest, Michael. Uh, that you've yeah. been a guest several times. This is, I think you're. <laughs> I know. Your fourth like, time, well, I believe, being on the show. So, if you mind introducing so yourself once again. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like thank you again, Michael, for having me. Like lit podcast, lit show, and um, Mr. Joy. You can find me on Instagram at good delivery. Or YouTube by looking up Esther Joy Chakras or Esther Joy Light Language. So, yeah, that's Esther Joy Chakras or Esther Joy Light Language. And thank you, Rumors of Instinct. Um, oh, Michael, I thank am. Thank you very much. And <laughs> yeah. I hope we synergize our efforts and we're going to hopefully collaborate on a few projects this year. So, everyone in the audience, um, look out for that as well as, you know what? Esther Joy, I really like our chemistry on um, this podcast together, which is why I've asked you back so many times. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to be my pleasure to work with you in the future on a consistent and regular basis. So thank you all very, very much. You know, Esther Joy, um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. So uh, really, we could talk about literally anything under the sun, and I'd feel like we'd have a groundbreaking, <laughs> enlightening discussion about it, you know. So, th- today, though, we're going to be speaking about something a, that is, you know what, a large portion of the universe that we both are and share. That is water. Yeah. All of us. An incredibly, oh, my goodness. An incredibly mysterious, at the same time, universally present uh, element. Water. Yeah. And... <sighs> Man, we did our research today for this show, <laughs> and it was very eye-opening. You know, I knew that there was always mysteries to water, and I more so related the mysteries of the of what surrounds water, what is inside the water. But the water itself, the elements of water, is extremely uh, magical. There's no other way it around is pure it. magic. Life. It's life. Absolutely. And, yeah, I there's just so many things um, about water, like, it's like, where to begin. I like that you mentioned, like, we are made out of water. And, like, the earth. All that water. It's everywhere. And, um, you know, it's so interesting, because as far as... <laughs> Actually, quote myself, as far as we know. No, that's a lot. There's water on other planets, but for whatever reason, Earth has has some good water. It has some good water, I have to say. Well, the idea of Earth being called Earth when Earth, you know, in a biblical sense, in a scientific sense, usually refers to the soil, you know, terra firma. But Earth is Mm. mostly covered by water. 70% 70% at a conservative angle, 75%, maybe even 80% at, you know, an extreme amount of that estimation. And that's just, um, that's a combination of the salt water and fresh water. You could fit every continent, every landmass inside of the Pacific Ocean, for example. And the Pacific Ocean would still have a larger surface area. Um, you know, and, and when you say we are made of water... The human body, for example, is two-thirds water, but because of the unique light, dis- light density of the water molecules, the water, you know, the what H2O, it's 90% of our biomass. 
and it's like and all it's of that the, water. And all of water, none of it perishes. And so the water that we are drinking on a daily basis and bathing with is the water that was here when it first formed on planet Earth. Or however it arrived. Yeah. Because that is still very mysterious in itself, too, is where did this water come from? Ooh. The origins of water on Earth. Because it's presumed that the Earth did not always have water on it. I'm going to pull out a Bible Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Because that totally reminds me of in Genesis, I think, in, like, the second verse. And it Mm -hmm. says, like, the Earth was, you know, void and darkness is over the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God says to be hovering over the face of the waters. So, to me, I feel like, does that mean that, you know, water was always there and it was a part of the void? Well, it's also... And the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. Well, it's also something I've read, that God is referred to as the face above the waters. Hmm... And the separation of the land and the water is not an exclusion of the water itself. So it could very well have been the void was a word for the deep and formless sea or the elements of water itself. With the only distinction being between the atmospheric gaseous water and the liquid form state water, you know, of a of a completely uh, submerged planet. Now, strangely enough, though, the idea of water, I guess if we're going to be going into this, <laughs> I'll start with the mystery of its origins first and a controversial point. Some people have theorized that water arrived on Earth due to an impact with our primal or primordial um, earth like the, the forming planet with another celestial body either a you know sibling planet that was being formed on our orbit or a passing celestial planet a body uh, moon what have you that follows a binary star on a cyclical orbit around our own, a twin star. This impact or collision has often been known as Tiamat and is presumed also to have formed the moon. But in this impact, there would have been a transference of this element, water, to the Earth, cooling its volcanic processes and helping form and give an atmosphere to our homeworld. Because there's geological records suggesting that oxygen, for example, was not a dominant element in our atmosphere or in our or in our planet's crust. In the you know, this is billions of years ago. This is deep, deep time when the planet was still forming. And things like, you know, the origins of life, panspermia. And instead of life having emerged from a meteorite that had traveled between star systems, it could have easily arrived, you know, on a older, uh, pre-exist or more habit habitable uh, planet, you know, ha- um, and that we made impact with it, um, kind of 
germinating ourselves, fertilizing ourselves. Mm. This could also explain why there's ice, uh, liquid water, or there's there's ice water on the moon. I was like, this I think is my first time or second time. I'm kind of a little bit familiar, but not very familiar with the. I do remember hearing about this, and like as you're speaking about it, I totally see, and it makes you wonder, like, where did water come from, and like what actually is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I think about, like, where does water come from and what is it? And I think it's an alien. It's so, 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 um... I think it's like an alien that we're all swimming in. something that we value so highly. And it could totally be another being. Exactly. It's, really think about it. It's and gotta it be is. some kind of being. I, I personally believe that it is. I mean, um, but it's something that we've lived through as well because we are made out of it and the earth has so much of it on it Mm -hmm. so it's so interesting like what kind of being do you think it is beyond our comprehension if it is to be considered a singular organic life structure because this is the thing water can be dead you know water is Mm -hmm. considered both alive but can reach states of energy death you know given processes of like you know sterilization or separation and at the same time water can also be revived by giving contact with living waters waters from the ocean for example waters from the rivers waters from real contact sources from the earth dynamic yes there's a memory to water Absolutely. And any water molecule can remember its entire existence through its frequencies, energy that it contains. And not only that, Mm. but the water, if it contacts another water molecule, can transfer (laughs) that those existing memories onto itself and into onto others. Imagine how much fun the ocean must be. (laughs) Exactly. That water is registering, and I guess you would call it writing down or recording, in its very unique way, the history of all of our realities, because it is, like you said, transferred to every living being through perspiration or... or, um, uh, you know, the digestive system, you know, drinking um, hydration to, you know, eating the liquid and foods <clears throat> to, you know, over time that, um, sorry about that, to over time that we are drinking the same water that dinosaurs drink, that we are drinking the same water that the pharaohs drink. That we were drinking the same water that Jesus Christ drank. Yeah. That everything it, that the water touches... And... It has that memory. Exactly. Now, there has been some controversy stating that the water 
in urban environments, when subject to the artificiality of the sterilization process, of the chemical treatment process, um, loses, you know, the bottling process, loses its vitality. But I think that what is going on, because exactly what is going on is that they're trying to strip it of its vitality, but I think that's impossible. Because, like you said, the the sheer amount of water, the sheer amount of raw, unprocessed natural water is the single greatest thing on the surface of this Abundantly earth. Abundantly has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you're right that this might be some effort from a uh, evil kind of parasite to, to try to rid the world of this magic healing being <laughs> exactly but that the effort of of these beings is absurd because this exactly this, this amazing power is that we are water but we don't understand anything about water oh uh, yeah you know that I'm is saying? so like, true just it, like we don't understand this, anything about us and that's what I was saying. Like, I, I was listening you, to the, the yeah. speaker on YouTube, and he was saying that, oh, we have to, you know, drink rainwater and things because the city can can strip away its vitality. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, no, water has within it billions of years of memory and energy. You can't hit the brakes on that. What I do think is well, important yeah, is to digest mm-hmm. as much of the water from as many different places as possible. Mm, yeah. Now, here's another thing. I thought really interesting. Yeah. Well, here's another thing about that. The, say we're going to go down the rabbit hole, I guess, from the from the earliest days and kind of work our way to the present. Um, have you ever heard of the aquatic ape theory? Like evolution, kind of. Yeah. That that mankind mm-hmm. did not. Evolve in sub-Saharan Africa, in the you know um, Lucy type evolution of the hominid from you know uh, tree-dwelling ape down to bipedal savanna walker, you know planeswalker nomad, but rather we adapt we evolved from coastal apes via the. Uh, consuming of seafood and the attaining of omega-3s and our bodies were evolved for swimming in shallow warm waters as well as our society and our, you know, um, technology and et cetera, et cetera, to the point that we learned how to make boats before we learned how to make the wheel. And this is uh, given evidence and credence because things like babies knowing how to instinctively hold their breath could have hinted at oh, water babies bo- can 100% swim. Yep, exactly, like a hippo or a manatee. Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, well, that could have yeah. been evidence of a waterborne birth, like a dolphin. What I am curious about, because all humans, right, Mm-hmm. can instinctively swim like dogs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Humans can why, instinctively swim. Why are they drowning? I mean, there is 
that feeling of fear that, you know, if you do breathe, and I guess this could be applied to anything, like water is just, you know, I was a lifeguard and I've seen it. People, they could swim normally. There was this one person and he could swim. He jumped off the diving board plenty of times. And then this one time he panicked. And just started, you know, inhaling and um, going down. And the lifeguard jumped in, and um, he grabbed onto her so she couldn't get away. So then she started going down. And then uh, <laughs> she was having her flotation tube because she tied it to the chair. So she told me to get in and help them. But I was like, no, this is a shit show. <laughs> and they got out, and they were good. But it really made me think, like, you know... <sighs> Is it the being that is almost like restricting and trying to purify water of its own memory and its own life force? Is it doing it from such a place of fear where it's like, how to swim? I don't know. Like even teaching babies, they know how to swim, but the parent's always the one that is freaking out. And um, the child picks up on that so quickly without words even having to be said that that is when you'll usually see a child start to drown because of how the parent reacts what's strange is you're absolutely right it's 100% psychological and there's no real physical explanation for why people panic or have hydrophobia like you said that that example you gave the man had swam many many times before you know and you witnessed that you know, it was not a skill he did not know, and it was not an environment that he was not unfamiliar with. But certain points in the psyche, almost as if though it's like brainwashing, produce the fear response. Um, do you know gorillas, for example, will not go into water past their waist or, or waist deep? None of them will. It is a species aversion to water. That's definitely uh But then again you have macaques mm. who will who will sit in a hot tub. You have <laughs> Whoa. It well it's like cats. Yeah. House cats usually will avoid getting any part of their body wet. But tigers <laughs> swim. Mm-hmm. And there are fisher cats. Yeah. You know, there is an idea mm-hmm. that within a species there might be a huge deviation and I think there's a lot to say that the modern man, the modern human, has been hybridized or at least brainwashed to a large extent to forget his true nature. But I also find that people's true nature, with their love of the ocean, is extremely present in things like our massive naval efforts. The fact that we work so hard at creating diving gear... Um, the fact that, you know, people think it's a vacation to go to the water, you know, you can't keep people away from the water. I mean, I know a large amount of people don't go to the water, but then a large amount of people don't do really anything at all. So, but people have given the choice to the beach and you just see, yeah, like people looking at the waves Mm -hmm. and they just stare at the ocean and they just stare at the waves. There's a magic in water. It's so calming. And it, ca- it calls people. The water at least calls you to it. So that's why people go to the pool just to sit by the pool. <laughs> like it, how strange, right? But it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
mm-hmm. but it definitely has a healing energy to it. And like there are many um, Reiki practices where you can be in a body of water and they will charge the water with, um, you know, certain healing modalities mm-hmm. and that will heal patients. Um, yeah, it's like, I know that, um, like, I've read a lot about putting Reiki in your water, and, like, the water itself, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's very, almost hypnotizing, because of how flexible and fluid and it, it goes into any, um, form that you put it in, if you put it in a box, or how it goes through your fingertips. It's just so, so mesmerizing. (laughs) And we are a part of it. Like, like, as you said in the beginning, what, 80, 70%, a lot of this is made out of water. And it's so interesting how little we know, even exploring our own ocean depth about this thing. And it's like a life-giving thing. There's so many verses in the Bible about it. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, so um, it's funny but it you makes said sense. That we haven't explored our own oceans. 85% of our oceans are unexplored and unmapped and unoccupied. And then yeah. we, we would like to say that there is no more room on Earth or that mankind has already mapped everywhere and been everywhere and conquered the world, while 85% of our oceans, which are 70% of these Earth's surface, are unexplored. That means, you know, a large amount of the world is still a mystery because water is such a alien element. You know, it, it, and that's what they say is like, you know, what good, what good is the ocean to a person? Really, because a person does not does not any longer belong on the ocean. Like he can't drink the the salt water. You know, it, the exposure. Is extremely hard for our skin to handle. It's it's a great um, it's a greatly humbling uh, thing to think about is how weak we are when it comes to survival in a marine or aquatic environment. I oh well, you know, I think that the water pressure itself is something that we're still struggling with. You know, to combat, to to combat, and just like explore that. Um, and I remember, you know, I think we discussed, but having these dreams where you can breathe in the water. And I remember reading something. Um, I should have done some more studying on it, but there was a monk, and they trained themselves to breathe through their skin and getting the oxygen from the water while they were under the water. And to be honest, I was like, huh. Like, I wonder if that's what happened during the Atlantean times. I mean, gills could be there as well, but, and I mean, gills are, I guess, you're breathing through your skin, but just allowing your skin to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've secretly been trying (laughs) since I was a kid, but not too hard just to... Just to make sure I don't accidentally pass out, so I try it out of the water for now. We've spoken before about our mutual belief in mermaids, and I think that is a real 
thing. That is the relic population of the Atlanteans, like you said, who have either through technological means, either through psychic means, or what we would call magical means. Um, they have evolved, forcefully evolved, to take advantage of the massive, un, un uh, uh, colonized, you know, frontier of the ocean. Like I said, if they had the oceans, they are in possession of the majority of the usable area in the planet. Like, they are the ones who truly dominate and occupy the planet. If they have evolved to live freely and naturally, you know, to be supported and nurtured by the largest biome, the largest environment in the planet, which is the ocean. Like, don't feel bad for them, feel bad for us who must, you know, uh, struggle and fight amongst ourselves for limited resources. I wonder if they know what's going on. And I also feel like there is not a limit of resources, but you know how some people get a little too greedy. No, that's what I was saying. <laughs> and then yeah, you wonder that... where it all went, you know. Yeah, we have, to, and... we have to be the ones to kind of uh, survive on the scraps, if you were... Of 30% of the surface area on our planet, you know, and that, you know, so there was a, there was a Mark Twain, um, (laughs) thing, a short story where he called the damn miserable, or the, the miserable damned human race, and he talks about how really insignificant our holdings on this planet truly are, and it's, it's always one of those things, yeah, like, if you really think about it, you know, like, we got a really, really small piece of this pie that we call the planet. You know, we make best of what we can do with it, but we got a very, very small piece of the pie that we call ours. The land. Oh, we land dwellers. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Definitely, though, it's... It's interesting. Like, I even, I question if we haven't explored certain areas or if they've discovered something and they just don't want to disclose that information. Um, There's just so much. Well, there's a huge thing with the Navy and what they really know about the oceans and why they keep it a guarded secret. The ruins on the bottom of the ocean, the current colonies, the, the sheer amount of mystery but that is mm. that is a a you know number of epi- different stories and and so yeah that <laughs> those are exactly those are rabbit holes inside the rabbit hole a little offshooting <laughs> tunnels inside the greater water the mystery of water itself but this hopefully let's say we'll go back on those and do individual shows about the mysteries inside the ocean themselves i think that'd be a fascinating topic um, oh my goodness! Like the, yeah, that's why I said my my old thinking before I started researching this topic in this way were the mysteries inside the water, but not the connecting water itself as a larger mystery. Mm. Now, okay, what would be very cool to talk about right now is um, the Japanese scientists. Mm, you yes. know, the Japanese scientists that had done the research. Proving that water had a memory. Okay, so... His name 
was Masaru Emoto. Right. He was born in 1943, and he died in 2014. Right. He was a researcher. He was a man of many, many trades, many skills, talents. But he wrote a bestseller in 2004 called The Hidden Messages in Water. And it was a hypothesis that water could react to positive thoughts and words. And that polluted water could be cleaned through prayer and positive visualization. How radical yeah. of a concept. <laughs> it is such it's a so, far out concept. And it's, it's so crazy to it's think it's about. So, it is, it's like, it is when the way that he did it and the way he was able to like literally show evidence, mm-hmm. like, photo evidence of what like how what affected the water molecules and what was the result still blows my mind um you know and we are again like made out of water and so Mm -hmm. is so much of the earth and this just went to show like on a whole other level like a big slap in the face to anyone you know who doesn't believe on how important water is and like the true nature of it. Who underestimates it. His work is incredible. Yeah. Who underestimates the mystery, who underestimates the, the, see, I keep, I keep wanting to avoid the word magic, but it really is like magic to me. And like the magic of the everyday world that you really live in. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, if you really thought about um, the cells that make up your body, you know, the, the true complexities of the air molecules that you're breathing, you know, and it brings it back to this idea of, like you said, the living water, the life force, this biblical um, essence It's created by God, the highest power, the creator of the universe, Jehovah, that created water as a building block for all things and gifted it to this earth, you know? Like, for all we know, God could be water, and water could be his physical representation He definitely is, and he's like, I see you (laughs) trying to filter me out, like, what? Exactly, like I was saying, that there could be this... Oh my goodness. (laughs) This war by these, you know evil dark side powers but at the same time it's like that that is a part of a greater focus on their war against nature or their war against God you know the war against the soul mm-hmm. okay so it is yeah from 1999 <laughs> Emoto published several volumes of a work entitled Messages from Water containing photographs of ice crystals and accompanying experiments such as the Rice in the Water 30 Day Experiments the ideas that Emoto said were that water was a blueprint for our reality and that emotional energies and vibrations could change its physical structure. His water crystals experiment consisted of exposing water in glasses to various words, pictures, or music, then freezing it and examining the ice crystals' aesthetic properties, like physical properties, with microscopic photography. He claimed that water exposing to positive speech and thoughts created visually pleasing, orderly ice crystals, and that negative intentions yielded ugly, disorderly ice formations. 
Emoto held that different water sources produce different ice structures. For example, he held that water from a mountain stream, when frozen, showed structures of beautifully shaped geometric designs, but that water from polluted sources created distorted, randomly formed ice structures. He held that these changes could be eliminated by exposing water to ultraviolet light or certain electromagnetic waves. In 2008, Emoto published his findings in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, a scientific journal of the Society for Scientific Exploration that has been criticized for catering to fringe science. And this is kind of where he gets to the controversy of it. But he conducted and co-authored the work with Takashi Kazu of Emoto's own IHM General Institute and Dean Radden of Nancy Lund and the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is a Stephen Barrett's yeah, exactly. So it goes into this idea where they start kind of criticizing the actual work he was doing. But that idea alone, though, we know to be true. And I, I, exactly, I kind of, now I see it and I'm a little bit soured and angry at Wikipedia for it, for its, uh, oh, kind of, this is what I said, everything that Wikipedia, Wikipedia so. says, though, but more so the cynicism. The denialist nature of, of Wikipedia, Bias. where everything it says is bias, and there's propaganda. Um, you know, it, it's it's bias. It's not objective. You know, and it, it does not um, cater to people who are, are real pioneers and things like this. But that's neither here nor there. Um, the Emoto's research is positive. It is absolutely um, important, and it, and it was absolutely proven, like I said, it was worth publishing in scientific journals, and that this person had these, I guess you call it, these ideas, these theories, and this was like the first time people were able to actually validate what the ancients of this world, what the magicians of this world knew to be true that water was a life force that water has a psychic resonance yeah. it feels and not uh, only that it but is so powerful. yeah and that and that like it collects the psychic energy of the living beings which it hydrates which it creates you know that it that it moves through. Um, for example, yeah, it's the fact I'm what three days if you don't drink any water, and supposedly we drink it, we <laughs> bathe in it, we use it to literally clean everything, and wow, it's just. So powerful. It's something that I feel like we take advantage of because it's so integrated in our being, but it truly is like, you know, so powerful. And the fact that we, you know, we just shared literal evidence of this amazing study shows just further, like, it's. Well, it's funny you said like, that. Like, I don't want to get frustrated, but... How it moves through us. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and you said the three yeah. days without water would lead to a, fat a fatal case of dehydration. 
the human being, mm-hmm. the average person, has to drink a liter and a half of water every day. An active person has to double that, if not triple that, depending on the heat. But surprisingly, a human being also absorbs a liter of water by uh, bathing, by showering. We absorb it through our skin. We need water to... I said bathing is not bathing is not a cultural uh, fixation. It's not a it's not a case of luxury. It's a real physical human necessity that we have to kind of be constantly washed with water, you know, immersed in water. We have to constantly be refreshed and renewed. Um, you know, washing one's face is not a good habit. It's an essential part of our physical and biological makeup. We need <laughs> we need water, you know, to um, th- form things like the the lubrication of our eyes, tears, you know, saliva, um, blood. Absolutely, literally, all all of the the whole body needs water so much. Every cell in your body needs exactly. water. It has a little. Pack it for water. <laughs> kind of goes back to the idea and, that people are mostly water. Two thirds water uh, content are ninety yeah. percent of the biomass is water or, or liquid based on water. Like I said, body fluids, plasma, um, you know, cell structure, meat, things like that. It's all based off of water. Like you know, building blocks are water. Now. About that idea of your intentions and your energy and your psychic energy. Are those Mm. given to us by the water that we drink? I think because of how the water, you know, communicates with itself. And even, like, the words that we're saying as we're speaking and exhaling, there's still, like, a little moisture that's always coming out. So there's mm-hmm. always this sense of, um, you know, you're sending a vibration and that vibration is going to hit the rest of that water. And I, I honestly feel like you don't even need to say anything. Like, if you just thought those things, I feel like you'd see very similar results. But having that kind of resonance, like when someone drink so loud or they like get to such a high pitch where they're able to break a glass allowing that to like go through water I just think about waves I just keep thinking about waves and how how they they fluctuate they're super dynamic but also they're a wave communication and like in the ocean those big waves of water I, and how they connected to the moon and all of that, like, my goodness. No, you're absolutely right. The, it's like a... The idea of yeah. the rhythm and motion of water being at, at one point unique, at the same time universal in physics. Mm. They know a hydrodyna- hydrodynamics, um, you know, exactly like hydro... Um, Hydro locomotion, you know, like oceanography, things like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, like the idea of tides, the idea of currents, the idea of like the Gulf Stream was extremely important. The way water moves around this world and moves around 
um, you know, inside vessels, when you put it in a glass and heat it up, you can see that it starts to form a vortex. You know, like there's an idea of spinning of, of, of real energy and motion. Water is not still in nature. The streams of water, it's, it's kind of theorized that water will move uh, completely around the world in, I think it's something like 300 years. <laughs> Which sounds silly, I, I but at the same time, like yeah, to think, sooner, you to, know, yeah. To think that a glass of water will make it all the way around the world in 300 years, <laughs> and the way that okay. these things yeah. are functioned is that it will cool itself off by plunging deep into the abyss around Antarctica, and then coming back up, cycling all the way through all the oceans and all the way around all the coasts. Until it comes back to that same point, yeah, to be kind of recooled or recollected. Now, water, like the physical nature of water, is something that it's something that, like, as a kid, I always really loved. I just loved being in the middle of a body of water where I couldn't feel the ground and I couldn't hear anything, but you know, the weird sound water makes in your ears and it's definitely always felt like kind of like when you're in a womb like literally mm -hmm. childbirth my water broke like what <laughs> you when you are being incubated you're incubated in water that is where your body is literally being built in this bubble of water so absolutely no it that there's no coincidence that's not a coincidence that's absolutely appropriate to to think about because exactly the whole idea of of that whole like oh man that's really crazy <laughs> well, I was like, thinking about childbirth <laughs> and I was thinking about like the, the development of the human being inside the womb yeah. and you're right people breathe water arguably breathe water for nine the first nine months of our lives well, yeah, the umbilical we cord directly is yeah. connected, so... But we don't have gills. Like, we... honestly, it's like, you're just being formed, right? And it's like this yeah. perfect little bubble of all of your nutrients, everything that is going to help form you as it's developing, it's all there. And your umbilical cord usually is, like, that's where you get your nutrients, and that's where you get, like, your air if you need it, but the baby doesn't actually breathe until it is born. And that is like, that's why water births are so common and are able to do. Yes. Technically speaking, it, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's again, I, like, I'm mind blown. Um, well, makes the way me so I was happy when the fetus yeah. developing inside the womb, I started kind of thinking, connecting the dots to all life on Earth goes through the same kind of birth process. Mm. Because all life on uh, Earth... Have you ever seen those, like, where all life on Earth can trace its fetal development to the same original-type shapes, which are like fish? Mm, and, and since yes. water was arguably the, cre the cradle of all organic life, 
since the first complex life forms are officially theorized to have evolved, if you if you want to look at it from mainstream science ways, to live in the ocean. You know, like they evolved from the ocean to land. So that what everything has its origin in a design, a biological origin in the ocean or in the water. Ultimately the water. Regardless if you want to draw lines yeah. between ocean and, and freshwater, river, lakes, whatever. It's the it's the water. Yeah. Yeah, the water. That all That's life originated in the water, originated to live in the water, orig- evolved almost as if it was life formed out of the very water itself. From the microscopic single cell life forms to make it that made up pl- plankton and, you know, bacteria to the complex whales and humans, uh, whales that would eventually by scientific mainstream evidence go from the land back to the ocean to fulfill their evolutionary destiny and become masters of I guess you call it this biome this marine biome by becoming the largest uh, species of animal, largest physical animals how crazy is that? That the the smallest first cell, single cell things to evolve evolved in the water, and as life moved from the water to the land, eventually would return from the land back to the water to have a extremely thriving um, future. And I, I guess the same process goes on even when you see with babies and it's literally only two cells and they continue to be created in this pool of water. And that is like, there's so many examples. When I, like, when you were talking, all I could think is like the water of life. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think that that entails or describes? Me personally? Excuse me. Yeah. I think that the waters of life are a water that's given the psychic principles for rejuvenation and for genesis. With these waters of life, healing would be possible. It would be able to sanitize from within as well as instill the good vibrations, the good harmonies that it has already collected. Like it's pure. Okay, so it's pure, holy energy in the form of water. It's unpolluted. It's un. It's uncorrupted. And from it, any and all life can emerge. You know, it might even be able to stay, uh, you know, raise the dead, kind of. Like, that's the kind of idea of the waters of life, is that nothing is beyond totally, that, yeah. that that healing, that life energy. Absolutely. Now, it's, well, I guess um, we're going to be switching the tapes pretty soon, the, the reels, and we'll be getting into our second hour of our discussion on water. Mm-hmm. And hopefully be going into the magical or alchemical 
definitions of water, um, focusing maybe on the chakra importance of water or of the astral importance of water. So stick around through the musical interlude. It's going to be um, a very fascinating song I have chosen about water. I am Rumors of Instinct, 1987. My guest is Esther Joy. And we are going to be rocking back with you guys in um, just a couple of minutes. Thank you for your patience out there in dreamland. And see you all soon.
And uh, we're I'm back. Excited. I'm excited. <laughs> it's a very quick I'm process on our say, end. I'm excited. <laughs> well, the reason I gave that little, that little uh, outro, which I normally don't do, is because the song that's in between um, these segments is like six, six minutes long. So I wanted, Ooh, okay. I wanted to kind of thank them ahead of time for their patience. Oh, no, it's a good song. Oh. It's uh, Knives in the Ocean by Foal. Nice. I, I'm totally going to listen to it. I'll send you the <laughs> link. It's a really good little song. Um, I picked more longer forum songs. And, like, the last song I have is a nine-minute song. Yeah, it's a nine-minute song. Yeah, I'm kind of a musical, um, I'm a musical, like, um, enthusiast, you know, I'm a connoisseur. Hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, you definitely <laughs> like gonna flip. They're going to flip. It, they're very spot on water themes. And they kind of, uh, yeah. fit the mood, so... Um, no, we should totally listen to music one day and actually just kind of chill out, send each other like a playlist. No, just kind of like really vibe. I would like okay, to hear your selection of music. This. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lit. <laughs> lit, lit. Okay, awesome. Like I, I said. Mean, that would be. Like I said. Yeah. yeah. It would be lit. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so back to it. Uh, I'm Rumors of Instinct 1987. This is Esther Joy. And we're going to be speaking oh. now again about water. Not so much so on the scientific or... Um, scientific mysteries or the unknowns. Um, and the research done in, in those respects. But more the magical, alchemical, historical, uh, spiritual, you know... Uh, symbolic meanings of water. So we covered the mysteries, the real the real alien nature of this element that of this uh, you know, molecule that, that covers most of the world's surface and makes up every single one of us and every single thing on earth. You know, the origin of all life. And now we're gonna talk about it when it comes to mankind's understanding of the magical nature of the world that we live in and how we've given it symbolic importance as a key element one of the four key elements uh, water fire, earth, air and as such it is a pillar of our worldview, of the way we understand not only ourselves you know, via our emotions, via our natures, our desires, but also those of others, and that of the world we live in. Esther, would you like to lead us off into um, however you, whatever direction you want? Exactly, you can take the reins for a second, and then um, I'll just kind of play off of you. I have a lot to say about the alchemical importance of water because I am a practicing sea witch. Uh, Let me define that by saying I am an ocean warlock. (laughs) I I kind of 
tried to plan not to say sea witch okay, in regards to myself, but I'm an ocean <laughs> warlock. It's it's more manly and scary and intimidating. I uh, got but no, you. it's sea witch magic. It's is what if you YouTube it, that's the you'll find hundreds of channels about it. Um that's so beach awesome. goth. I totally am. Exactly. And I'm, I'm a very, beach goth. Very I like long walks on the beach Aquaman. and then uh, summoning <laughs> Satan. I love it. <laughs> Like long walk on the beach, on my water there. <laughs> but no, it, it's a it's a nature based uh, type of uh, harnessing of intent of mm. of inner power, you know, law of attraction uh, based. You know, or ultimately, it's all Egyptian magic, law of raw. You know, talk. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, type I'm of, like. Well, you know, I'm like super curious because ma- like as you were saying, water is so magical, and you can use it um, because of the nature of its exactly. nature and how much it has, um, how much life it fosters. It's very, very powerful. So I'm very, very curious, and I'm excited to learn more. Um, I know that today we're recording this on a Tuesday, and I. I'll focus on my sacred chakra on Tuesday, chakra number two, and um, it's the element that governs it is water. So it was like so funny when you asked to, you know, when we were collaborating for this and setting up the time because I was like, well, <laughs> um, this is the day I flow and um, really tap into that creativity of, of yeah, just like Big girl chakra is all about uh, the emotions, those connections that you make with other people, as well as the sexual energy and the creation force that you have. So there's just so much. It's very, very powerful. It's very, very flexible. It's very, very formless. Um, but there's such a power in that formlessness that allows you to... I'm trying to find the right word. Uh, form it <laughs> allows you to really give it shape and you know flow with it. So, well, like Bruce that's Lee said, they, be yeah. like water. You know, there's no, there's a power in there's a power in soft things. I think that's like a Chinese translation of like the phenomenon of water being able to carve out a you know valley in a mountainside mm-hmm. is that the hardest of surfaces even though it's unyielding cannot resist the softest of energies if they're unending there, there's a lot of exactly shamanic wisdom martial arts wisdom uh, from the orient from the east regarding water especially the nature of its power exactly like it's not a fact that water will crush you but water will you know submerge you it will basically swallow you but it'll go all around you covering up exactly like it will replace your environment because it has no limit you know to to its to its mass because it has no shape it has no form to limit it. Yeah. 
you know, it fills it any vessel it's poured in. It takes the shape of any vessel it's poured in. It, it's, which I said, it it records everything because it brings and almost nothing to the table. When you said it was kind of like God, mm-hmm. honestly, honestly, I was like, hmm, that would be such a clever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Just because, yeah, um, as you were saying, it is formless. And we are vessels in a way full of, <laughs> full of water, full of this. We are just, this, exactly, we are uh, like this memory. water with faces on it, really. <laughs> yes. Now, that is a wonderful. You know, yeah. I am a Pisces. I am very proud of being a Pisces. Water sign, yes. But if you, exactly, magical. if you would like to entertain the audience the way that you tell it so well. What is the definition of being a water sign? What is the definition of, you know, of being a Pisces? Whoa. <laughs> I'm the tourist myself, so I'm pretty stubborn on this. No, I'm just joking. Um, definitely, like, you being a Pisces with the fishes. And Pisces ruling the 12th house, which is all about this higher connection and this almost mystical, otherworldly um, realm. You know, it's number 12, which is, if, if I were to graph on a 12 chakra chart, like, 12 would be at the, the the source of, there is no, it's just very fluid. There is, like, like definition not there because of how, of how it is placed and what it represents. And I think that's a really beautiful symbol, the 12th house, number 12, and Pisces, being those two fishes and water signs in general are very, very, I almost want to say their communication comes from a place that is very magical, um, that is very powerful in a in an emotional-based way. They're, the way that the words are able to embody emotions and the energy that the those emotions are carrying it's very, very interesting. Um, I also yeah, believe that water, water signs are very yeah. fluid. And, um, see, I don't really put the words very well, but it's like we're, we're more prone to extremes than we are to contradictions. Mm. And what people might Edmund think of contradictions in our behavior are actually uh, the ability to be kind of formless, like you said, to fit in environments, to fill the vessel that we're poured into, but to remember and to keep the memories, like to kind of like record the memories of everyone we contact with, we connect with, and you know, that everything that we do, and we we kind of keep these things uh, forever in the way that I think water signs embody that mysterious element of water, that mysterious ability of water to kind of take the shape of psychic energy, to take the shape of emotions. Absolutely. Like, oh um, my goodness. I think that's why I like talking to you so much is because you have such a positive vibe and you have such a, you know, grateful and confident psychic energy with you that 
you know, I can't help but feel positive and to feel uplifted, as well as, you know, uh, more confident myself. And I really think, well, I mean, I've started thinking about that today, that at first I thought maybe it's because of toxic people that I became toxic, but what if it was just because of their energies? What if it was because of their psychic ability, of their psychic nature, and I was just mirroring it or collecting it, recording it, and I have to kind of uh, start surrounding myself with more, what you would call the living I waters. I definitely feel to kind like of recharge, the, yeah. <laughs> the living waters. Yeah, the living waters. Um, and definitely, I, geez, like living water. It definitely, like, the definition, I keep on saying definitely, but the definition, I feel, it's like a feeling. It's a feeling mm-hmm. of of your vessel being overfilled with this life force. And, oh my goodness, I know I've had, like, one experience that really caused me to want to make a brand in the first place when I was just meditating and I could feel like my crown was opening up and I could my eyes were closed but I could see almost like there's like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and then it seemed to drop down and like a ripple all of the rest of the water just started to glow and this was this is a feeling, <laughs> but that's also what I was seeing, and it just grew, and the glowing just was like so profound, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Because um, I didn't do anything. To, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting on my bed meditating. So, you know, this had never happened before, and that experience really made me like think about water in a different way. It really felt like. I was drinking water, and even though I was just sitting on my bed, literally looked like I was zoning out to my siblings, um, I could feel like I had just drank some good water, and I was just like, whoa, this is, this is different. Something is, like, entering into me, and... Um, I'm I'm vibing with it, you know. Something is cleaning me from the within, like the inside. Um, and that was definitely that was the, the moment that I was like, "Whoa!" My eyes are closed, and um, it expanded to my outer aura, and I had an out of body experience, looking at myself third person and seeing my aura, and seeing me sitting there, and then seeing my sister walk in, and. Um, I could see that I was a light blue aura and it was very flexible and fluid and kind of radiating and she was a red and she's listening to music and the music was also radiating off energy. And it was, it just gave me a different perspective on like, what is water actually doing? Like, I don't know why that happened, but that feeling almost felt like all of the water and all of the cells in my body were like, moving together towards this this light that was just filling me up. And ever since that time, like, my family really noticed a drastic change. They're like, what happened? Sometimes I joke and I'm like, the aliens steamed me up, you know? Or, <laughs> or God patted me on the head. 
but um yeah that that really had me thinking like now I just wanted to make a brand and that's honestly that that was like the big spark I think that had me wanting to share that right on I mean like I exactly like I can't tell you how awesome it is to feel that inspiration especially you know in such a kind of like an altered state you know like how yeah. it came to you you get that's see that's like a mu a communication with the muses that's like communication with a higher power you know and I think it's kind of funny you say like it's you know the aliens visited you or God patted you on the head you know because it's kind of <laughs> like this it's kind of like one in the same you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, like, okay, so, um, water and its symbolic importance, its historical importance, its alchemical importance totally. is very fascinating to me because when I, when I look at baptism, I'm like, hmm. Well, yes, exactly. The baptism like, of, feel? Yep. Yeah. like the idea of, of not only the water as it has been used, but Okay, so medieval alchemists thought water was a symbol of contradictions, a symbol of extremes, but of of stillness, of calmness, and of nourishment. Um, unlike an air symbol, for example... Uh, which can be prone to storms, which can be prone to fleeting passions, which can be prone to um, great talents and, you know, um, heights, but at the same time be very destructive and dangerous and careless. Water had similar attributes, but it was considered more of a thoughtful, sensitive, um, you know, like, um, uh, deeper element where it was more of like, um, you know, there, there's, there's fire and air and then there's water and earth. It's more grounded. It's not so much given to the individual, but as the class itself. Yes, and I feel yeah. like um, that is also shared and mirrored by things like the idea in Eastern philosophy that, like Taoist philosophy, that water is a yang. Uh, it's, a, it's a symbol for yang. It's a element of yang. Or of yin, sorry. Of yin, of the female, um, of the female energies, feminine yin. Energy. Yep, the yep. feminine energies, and that the ocean is also understood as mother ocean, and um, ancient Sumeria, and the ocean itself is considered kind of a fertility uh, symbol, a, a ancient Anunnaki. Uh, principle known as Tiamat or the primordial chaos of the ocean 
you know, like it's it's not so much necessarily a, a incredibly positive thing, but it is a ancient beyond the race of men, mysterious and powerful. It definitely, like, I just, hearing this and connecting the dots, it just makes me wonder, like, what is water more? (laughs) Even though we're talking about it, and we are discovering more about it, like, it's like that question, and I have to ask you that question, Michael. Is water wet? (laughs) Is water wet? (laughs) Yes. See, that's like, know, well, that's like a Zen like Cohen. A a, no, that's me. very good. That's like a Zen <laughs> Cohen where it's like, uh, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Um, <laughs> you know, if a tree falls in the woods does any, and no one hears it, does it really fall? Is water wet? Mm. A fish doesn't know he's wet because it has no sense <laughs> of comparison, you know, no sense of, mm-hmm. of objectivity in that regard. To be honest, though, yeah. seawater is is actually physically different than freshwater when it comes to wet or not. It's it's actually kind of coarse. Like if you open your eyes, for example, in seawater, they burn. You know, because of the salt content, it it tastes and feels different as a actual density um, exactly and and to be honest uh, it's not a, a nice environment it's a hostile environment which is a good introduction to sea magic or ocean magic in that the ocean magic when you channel it is not for the faint of heart it's peaceful Extremely peaceful because it's so deep and vast, and it, like the abyss itself, it it instills because the entire purpose is to try to lose yourself in with the nature of the ocean by adding not only the ocean to yourself but adding yourself to the ocean. Do you make this mutual exchange uh, where you're giving it free reign inside your soul? And trusting your soul in its hands. Trusting yourself in the ocean. Um, Now, this concept is kind of, and I don't want to be kind of cute about it, but it's very deep. Because, like I said, the the ocean is ancient. It's from the very beginning of all life. It is an origin point of Genesis. But only courage... And self-confidence can give you enough willpower to really explore. And and um, the thing with sea magicians is that it's a lot of intent and a lot of, like, say, for example, facing storms, seeing things like the tides, communicating these messages with ourselves, much like Zen Buddhism. When it comes to that aspect of understanding, like the tides, immortality, and the inevitable power and oneness of this embodiment of time that is the ocean, 
the embodiment of the universe that is the ocean, the embodiment of all life that is the ocean, but also to be like a sea turtle and to brave the perils, to be vulnerable with only yourself, you know, to save your, with only, with only uh, you know, your four little flippers to save yourself. But to brave the storm, to live in the depths, you know, to to really experience that freedom. It is definitely freedom is a good word to describe the feeling that water embodies. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it's. There's a lot of threats out there. Exactly. There's a lot to be afraid about. At the same time, fear is the mind killer. And there are so many rewards when pursuing, uh, say, for example, becoming an affiliated or a practitioner of ocean magic or sea magic, that the brave, you know, find irresistible. Because fortune favors the bold. I now, would love to know, like, um, more about, I guess, because this was my first time, honestly, learning about it. I, I have, I love talking to the ocean, and I used to think that I could control the waves and stuff when I was mm-hmm. younger. But I honestly am very curious about, like, what are some of the practices or beliefs that go with this practice? Well, ocean magic is a very ancient belief, obviously an ancient practice. Um, Without using too much, you know, historical or validation for anything or or reference, simply the belief, the practice of it, is the communion with the ocean, you know, physically first and foremost, which makes it a rite and makes it a ritual, and the creation of um, items that you fulfill, that you fill with intent and ritualistically use over and over again, immersing them in natural elements of the ocean so that they can, they don't lose their, their connection with the ocean, no matter how distant they really are. You don't have to always be near the ocean, but for example, I collected sand I collected uh, seawater, I collected um, shells, uh, you know, the knife dipped into the seawater, dipped into the sand, um, you know, this, you know, displayed for the winds, it had contact with the four winds, that is charged with the intent of the ocean, you know, forever. As long as I remember that, as long as I remember its invocations, and, yeah. yeah, and and same with the seawater. Even though it's in a bottle right now, um, you know, I I always treat it with the respect that the ocean as it symbolizes deserves. And every year after it charges with my intent and with my experiences, I pour it out back into the ocean and collect a new sample of that seawater to kind of recycle this process. You know, I'm giving myself back to the ocean and, you know, equally exchanging it, you know, and vice versa. You know, so the idea that... Well, I started practicing this when I was fishing a lot. And um, I actually went through a fishing binge 
because I it's both being outdoors and it's um, basically a lateral, socially acceptable thing to do down here. You know, to be like, hey, I'm just going to go fishing and I want to be by myself. Like, it's it's totally fine, excusable, you know, without kind of drawing too much attention to yourself, you know, about you being whatever, moody or whatever, you know, like this, uh, you wanting, you know, alone time. Uh, I know how silly that sounds, but basically, while fishing, I was realizing that a lot of the things that I said about already sea magic, I was practicing. I was, like I said, watching the waves, communicating uh, with an intelligence that I thought was in the ocean, trying to psychically manipulate the currents or the clouds, you know, noticing the connection between the tides and the life inside the water. Uh, noticing my connection with the water, you know, as as both a living being and as someone who is a an observer, an intellectual observer, a spiritual observer of it. Um, I had a kayak and would explore many, many hard-to-get-to areas, many natural areas. Um, at first, this embodied itself in a type of conservationism. I really, really was into cleaning up beachfront and bayfront uh property, real estate, stretches of coast uh, from pollution that people had left behind and had washed ashore. I did that for about a year or two straight. Was, you know, kayak and collect trash and then like as kind of like an ecological activism. You know, I like guess someone who was trying to just really stem the tide of, you know, like uh, people disrespecting the water. And this morphed into a spiritual shamanic connection with the water where I was having dreams uh, of being like a seabird. I was having dreams of being a fish, you know, like I felt like that was, I felt like that was being rewarded. Yes. Yeah, psychically by the waters that I was both actively guarding and, and, and kind of being nourished by. And to be honest, being well, there was one time at night, um, okay, so around New Year's one year, um, I had noticed and I had found on the bayfront, Oso Bay in the Gulf of Mexico off the Corpus Christi, Texas, this little area where the city's sewage, like water, wastewater, was being pumped outside almost into the bay, but there was like a landfill of sand and garbage that was blocking this water from really reaching the bay and thus it was creating like a really just terrible scene you know like absolutely just heinous i got a shovel you know like i took it upon myself bought a shovel went out there in the middle of the night and dug a 20 foot by three foot deep trench to connect the wow. bay with this backed up, uh, you know, body of, of wastewater, uh, allowing circulation, allowing it to kind of work as intended, you know, like work as as obviously they intended it to do instead of just creating a, a health hazard, you know, like a little little uh, eyesore and a health hazard for the local area. Yeah. While I was doing oh. that, I remember looking over and seeing hundreds if not, you know, like 200 uh, birds easily having landed and were watching me in the middle of the night 
in complete silence from pelicans to seagulls to cormorants to blue herons to, you know, everything that there there was. Terns, sandpipers, um, you know, every, every representative species on the Gulf Coast. It was watching me. And I felt as if there were things watching me from the water. I used to work on the beach and the actual Nueces County, which is the county I'm in, um, there's their park, their state park um, in Port Aransas, which is a local community on Mustang Island, which is about 45 minutes from where I live right now. But it's like the main hub of the tourist industry, right? It's this federal park, federal land, right? Nature reserve, everything, you know, historic, historically funded by the uh, county. So it's so it's a little bit better than just beachside property and, and city property, right? Um, so we kept it really nice. And I'd stay there in weekend-long shifts. I'd work from 6 a.m. on Friday and stay there until Monday morning, basically, sleeping on the site and taking care of the RV park and any kind of nighttime hazards like uh, out-of-order bathrooms, etc. Um, a big part of the job, though, was just making sure everything was nice, like taking care of all the trash, picking it up from the shore as it washed in, and, you know, th- doing things like reporting turtles to the tour patrol, basically really bonding with the ocean. That was my first step into doing so around 2016. And um, I swear I saw ghosts in the surf on many occasions, especially um, during storms at night. You would see these shadows walking along the beach inside the waterline. And granted, this is like 2, 3, 4 a.m., kind of windy, stormy weather. Not a soul would be on the beach because we, we, we had a curfew. You know, like that was part of the job was you went out at midnight and just made sure everyone was leaving, who should leave, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like basically that's why you were 24 hours because it was a, a park with security, you know, like a beach with security basically. Yeah. We weren't security guards, but we were there being security guards kind of because that's how the city works. Like you're a park ranger, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, like awesome. that is that's but crazy. We would see yeah. these ghosts. I would see these ghosts, and and many a time, you know, like you you could almost in the wind hear them whispering and things. So there's definitely more to the water spiritually when it comes to people that people want to uh, realize than people want to imagine. And I swear that was a moment of communication with a psychic power inside the water um that year i got really really into sea magic into the water magic into practicing it um i'd always always been into occultism i'd already started reading like uh you know the 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 goetia the solomon seals and uh other kinds of occult um you know theosophic practices already and decided to put it all to use. And, you know, definitely I feel like in the first two to three years of doing it, because this is about the fourth year right now that I'm fully practicing it, the first two to three years, I was kind of frightened by how how intensely everything was working and how... 
because I was having dreams of Leviathan uh, contacting this being that lived inside the ocean that basically was like really being able to astral and remote view the deep oceans to have memories back of course of the underwater colonies of training um, in the Navy in the secret space program, super soldier program, um, SSP type events of living down there of the deep pressure suits of the training to be a deep, deep diver, a deep pressure diver, um, you know, of living in these colonies that were under the ocean, under the bottom of the ocean and working in fulfilling biomes, you know, like creating the agriculture necessary to support life, uh, maintaining the machinery, technology, everything. And I was having, well, these are some of the first things I started remembering when it comes to recovering my memories of the SSP programs, of the uh, SSP squared, um, were these deep water realities, these environments. And I feel like a lot of who I am currently, like today, is because I started really choosing the living waters was choosing to be open psychically to the truth to the unlocking it in the power of water first and from that um, from that uh, decision you know that decision to kind of see the truth first you know in in the higher power of God, but then seeing it, the magic of the ocean to see the, the see, see magic as reality inside the ocean, then to see it now everywhere, you know, and yeah, the ocean is a gateway to magic, and I believe the water itself is the key. The keys in the water, yeah. I just keep thinking, like, it is such a powerful symbol. And, oh my goodness. Like, the dream I had, talking about the water, yes. And the other one, which I won't get too in-depth, because that was like a whole essay, but just having a dream where they were injecting people with something that they said was better than water... But it wasn't. It just wasn't. And, like, in my mind, I'm like, hmm. I feel like people are looking for something that's better than water, but it's already, like, <sighs> like, it's already so magical. Like, why would you, why? I don't know. That's, there's no need. When you understand and really see the nature, like, um, super kudos to you for practicing it and really attuning yourself to that energy um knowing how magical it is it's like whoa it's like whoa what you don't need to do anything to water and 100 percent agree with drinking water from different sources like that's something that's really sticking out to me well would you like to finish up this episode on the mysteries and magic of water with any personal stories or insights 
Um, I, I just want to say, like, definitely, I know I talked to you about, like, Atlantis, and I totally feel tied with, with that as well. So, just, I'm very excited, and I totally feel like there's so much that is to be uncovered in this lifetime about that history, and it just blows my mind. Like, again, like, it blows my mind every time. I, I'm just like, you know, I totally feel like maybe we had ties in Atlantis, but that's such a cheesy spiritual thing to say sometimes. So I really do wonder, like, you know, what technology was used during that time? I would love to know. <laughs> Not to replicate it, but maybe improve on it. Um, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's an excellent, but, excellent point to make is that, you know what, I'm not ashamed nor am I afraid to admit, I believe that we had a connection in Atlantis. I believe that this this new generation is going to come up with revolutionary theories on Atlantis and we're finally going to get to the point where we recover the lost secrets of Atlantis, the technology the spiritual practices, the Lannis will rise again and it will return in our lifetimes. Oh, I'm such a very lovely and interesting. <laughs> I definitely can see it happening, yeah. We're going to be the ones to do it. We're going to be the ones to do it. Exactly. Like, I believe... I believe that um, the Mermaids documentary that we spoke about that was on Animal Planet, I believe around 2013, proved mm. that a huge number of people have open minds when it comes to the ocean, when it comes to the possibilities of the water itself. And like you said, the Japanese researcher Emoto, his work was a New York Times bestseller. It was published in scientific journals. It has been, uh, you know, researched by independent uh, researchers in the thousands and has been championed by thousands more, you know, through various uh, media. This is becoming the new, the probably one of the biggest discoveries of the new century that we're in, the 21st century, this new millennia that we're in. It's going to be a revolutionary time to be alive the more we solve the riddles, the mysteries of this universally important, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, resource, this, this, this other, understanding more, yeah. yeah, this, this water <laughs> that it's so alien to all of us. And at the same time, it makes up every single one of us. We need it every single day. We breathe it out in every single breath. We pump it through our very veins, which are both made of water. You know, blood and the vein are both made of water. With our hearts. Which which are only created to pump blood, which is mostly water. So no, our very engines, <laughs> our very biologies are simply 
water adapted to function outside of water if that makes if that makes any sense all all life has its origins <laughs> in water Oh and water has I'm been now very... proven to have a memory. Water has been proven to have um, psychic recording principles um, in its very structure, its very molecular structure. Water is um, both possibly the source of the future of fuels on this planet for our race, as well as possibly the most... Um, important resource to the future of humanity Mm. as well as definitely the most important thing in the history of humanity because remember every single person and thing and 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 individual to ever live has had to live making peace with their need for water making peace and in humility absolutely Oh, yes. In the face of water this, is, in the face of this element, of water. It is such a gentle yet powerful choice. No, exactly. Um, like how we would say that it's yeah. it's something so small and simple. H two O, just two hydrogens and an oxygen. You know, put together, little married uh, together, but it's the most important thing possibly sometimes the most powerful natural um, event you know natural phenomenon is the is the generation of water now second second in importance to uh, maybe the sun maybe only second to the sun in terms of importance but liquid water is the blueprint for the entire universe. We're all in a big old soup of consciousness. Yes. Yep. Yep. Like I said, before it all ends, we might find that water... Because nothing, nothing, no single thing in the universe is God. But if you can see the work of God in any one thing... It's water. Absolutely. Plus. Obviously, yeah, that's the absolute proof of God. Is the miracles, Very well mysteries, and majesty. The might of water. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And, oh my goodness. I have, all, like, so much... I'm like still processing and taking in from this conversation because definitely so many awesome points. Yeah. Well, I mean that's I hope the point, and I mean that's that was what I hope the people at home uh, are thinking, and and in the audience out there in Dreamland are also feeling like they're processing a lot of information. This is a very serious and a major topic of research. Like I said, on the most mundane things that people would never even consider are the most mysterious and magical. Super magical. (laughs) And if you want to see proof of how magical water is, just look in a mirror. Because everything that you know about life 
and the universe is because you are mostly water. <laughs> water living inside itself to make sense of itself. You're all mostly uh. water. Everything is mostly water. Our planet, mostly water. Crazy, crazy, real. Like I said, that it's it's humbling. It really is humbling. It's a crazy concept to know that this is alive, that it has memory, that it records. And the way it can share and connect, like if one water molecule had like a whole different experience, but then it reunited with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. It would not only gain all of those experiences, but it would be shared amongst all of them. And what's odd is that, and this, I guess, would be the last little fact, because um, this conversation has been incredible, but, you know, it's been really? two hours, and they say, I think we've we've said enough for an introduction to the subject, but the last little fact I, I have is that, do you know that water, the more water molecules in a specific, you know, body of water, the faster and more energetic and healthier that water is. Yes, absolutely. Just this like is, people. This whole conversation inspired me to <laughs> take a shower in some water and drink some more water. Like I said, stay hydrated. It's the water of life. You know, yeah. there's also the, 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 the saying in the Quran um, from the cup of war, a sip will suffice, but from the cup of peace, drink your fill. Thank you so much for setting up the podcast. I know I had this dream and I was like, the ocean is there. And I'm so happy that we got to have this conversation because I'm still definitely processing. And um, I'm so thankful that we were able to have it on today. And really, I'm excited and I feel like I won't be able to look at water the same way again. It really is such a, um, a magical elixir that is life force. Just um, well, I mean, there's no shame in just simply thanking God. Next time you drink a clean glass amen. of water, a clean, amen cool glass of water. Yep, nothing better on this earth than a simple, cool, clean glass of water. And thank you, everyone out there in Dreamland. You have a lot of guts and patience for sticking it out this long. Um, hearing us speak about the mysteries, magic of water. I have been Rumors of Instinct 1987. My special guest, Esther Joy. As always, a pleasure and honor to speak with you. I always learn so much from our podcast episodes, as well as enjoy our conversations immensely. You are a treasure and a delight. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. Like, I... I always love these conversations. I love the conversations that you have on your channel. And this was really interesting. It totally reminds me of, you know, some people's last dying request. One of the most popular ones is just to drink a glass of cold water. Especially when you're dying, you just get so thirsty. 
enjoy that water while you can. <laughs> enjoy the water while you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. That water of life. Now, everyone out there in Dreamland, namaste and shalom. Be kind to yourselves and to others. Love your neighbor as you would yourself. If you would like to hear the portfolio of former and past episodes this podcast has performed, simply uh, peruse the past episodes and check out the past guests. Support me and my efforts by following my Instagram, at Rumors of Instinct, all one word. Check out the YouTube channel, Rumors of Instinct 1987, for videos such as this, as well as many other um, little video, or not little, they're long-form videos of very interesting content, you know, from the from my heart, shooting from the hip. And, um, you know, I hope you guys would enjoy those if you have any kind of need for entertainment. You know, definitely look those videos up. Esther Joy can be found on YouTube by searching Esther Joy Chakras. Her videos are immediately the first ones that pop up. Uh, her channel is Esther Joy. Now, uh, your Instagram is Good Viber Delivery. Good Vibes Delivery. And your yeah. art is found at Juicebox. Juicebox.jpg. Now, thank you all very much out there who choose to support us, who choose to follow us. Uh, if you would like to reach out and contact us, leave a comment below or reach out through the DMs on the Instagram. And I would be glad to speak to you about any um, questions that you might have about this program or any possible um, ideas you have on future collaborations or guest spots. If you are an independent content creator and want to join the roster of Rogues Gallery of special guests and be heard by a fast growing, respectful and intelligent audience, um, such as the listeners, you know, in dreamland currently, you know, right now for this episode. So thank you all very much. Reach out to me, support me. Uh, let me know you guys are there and say hi. I answer all the, uh, comments, answer all the DMS. Uh, you know, I don't bite. So definitely reach out through the, different social media platforms. Um, love to hear from you guys. Uh, help me build the community. We need every single one of you to, to support and to be the resistance. So, you know, the resistance to the mainstream, lamestream, uh, cookie cutter, uh, media, and uh, uh, other so-called, uh, you know, voices of our generation. So let's support the, the real, the real... Uh, truth tellers with integrity, the independent content creators, uh, you know, our generations, Robin Hoods and, uh, real heroes of the people, you know, the ones bringing the messages that are important, you know, uh, to you guys, uh, free of charge and that'll be us. So thank you all very, very much. Woo. Namaste thank and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. God bless you and your families. Peace out.
I said, I said, water, no. 